This is Pet Life Radio. Let's talk pets. And good morning, good afternoon, welcome, welcome. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host for the next 30 minutes here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Best with Dr. Jeff. We are here for you. We are here for your pets. We're here to talk, to answer questions, whatever the case may be. So let me give you a couple of ways to get a hold of me. And those are, number one, good old-fashioned telephone. Remember that thing? Yeah, which you put the push the buttons and it's sitting on your wall. Uh, you probably don't have any of those anymore. But anyway, 877-385-8882. Once again, 877-385-8882. Um, better yet, you have your computers. So log on to PetLifeRadio.com. You click on Shows. You scroll to Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And there is a link left to you. It's a Zoom link. And with that Zoom link, you click on it and you can join us here live. We had a guest last week that did so. And she had cats and she had a beautiful cat, by the way, and just wanted to join in part of the show. And that's totally great. We love it. So if you have any questions, anything you want to talk to us about, now is your chance. The advice is free. We're going to get free advice from a doctor. Come on, really. And if I can help you out, I will. And uh, maybe, uh, you know, with uh, my my perusing the news at uh, the American Animal Hospital Association's news stat or the AVMA, the American Veterinary Medical Association smart brief, maybe I'll touch a nerve. Maybe there's something in one of the things that I want to talk about. You say, oh my God, I was wondering about that or, or my pet had that problem and uh, you want to learn more. So let's shoot. We'll start from the top. And I'm just about to go some uh, news. I'd like to start the show if you listen with just kind of stuff that's happening. And of course, another surprise, a shocker, huh? Not really. Bravo Packing is recalling all, not some, all of its frozen raw pet foods and bones because contamination with the big two of the of the big four, and that is actually big five, and that is for listeria and salmonella. And uh, again, I'm not even that surprised. Uh, we see it all the time. And for those of you who know, I have a, a raw diet, but it's raw. It raw is raw. But we put it through two processes that will really not help kill. It will kill all the bacteria. Those are for HPP, high pressure pasteurization. They also call it high pressure processing and also freeze dried. And we culture every single batch. And if more of these companies would do that, and there are some that do. Uh, hats off to those that have joined me in this one extra step that really does make raw food safe. And uh, and that's great. So um, if they're not doing one of those two, or in our case, both, if they're not culturing every batch before it goes out, you want to avoid them because they could be very dangerous. We talked about, you know, some there are a lot of new innovations in cancer treatment. And I believe that I have um, mentioned this story to you in the past. And that is that one of my mentors when I was in veterinary school, she is just an absolute whiz. She is not only double boarded in internal medicine and veterinary oncology, medical oncology. She also then, just for fun, went to Stanford for a PhD in comparative oncology. So we're talking someone who knows her stuff. And when I talked to her after, after her PhD, I said, so Barb, her name is Barb Kitchell. Barb, what did you learn? What, you know, what's new and exciting? She goes, first of all, I learned how much we don't know about cancer. But she feels, and, it, and we're seeing a lot of this, it's to try to kill these tumors, these growing tumors that don't seem to respond to the normal methods of cellular growth, they can only do so much. And we know this from people, we know from animals, you're going to lose the battle. Now, there are some, however, that believe that it's immunotherapy. Let, let's train the body. Let's get the body's own immune system 
to beat its own cancer cell. Kind of like what we do with have a vaccine and we give a vaccine to build up the animal's immune response to fight whatever the organism, the bug is that we're trying to, to protect against. Well, they're using a combination of immunotherapy and radiation for melanomas. Now, just so you know, melanomas in dogs are not as aggressive unless unless they're in the mouth or the nail bed. Now, there are a lot of skin melanomas that are very, they're not as aggressive. They're not, they're benign. Some of them are and just have to be removed and you're done. Some of them can actually grow and become a problem. But if you oral melanomas and also melanomas uh, from that grow out of the nail bed, those are usually the ones like our melanomas, which as you know, if left unchecked, if not removed, if not treated, they will kill you. Anyway, this was also cute because I like stories like this. And this is that dogs' paws, check this out, their feet may be cleaner than the soles of your shoes. And uh, so let's face it, they have clearly have adapted over generations and evolution because they don't wear shoes. They don't have that kind of protection on their feet. And yet, are they getting all these sorts of terrible infections on their feet? No. So they did a culture. This is great. So they examined the paws of 25 assistance dogs, and they had less enterobacteria and clostridium difficile, all right, bacteria, those bacteria on the bottoms of their feet than the handler's shoes had on the soles of their shoes. So that is this when you think about it. So this is good. I, and I think it's great because you have to look at the positive side of this. I mean, besides the fact that now you know that, that dogs' feet are cleaner than our shoes, is that there's a, a lot of problems associated with people that have service dogs going into public certain public places. Because why? Because they're afraid of the dogs going to carry in all this schmutz, all this garbage, all this infection. And guess what? They should leave the people outside or have them take their shoes off and let the dogs inside because the dog's feet are cleaner than our shoes. And I thought that was really, I mean, that's a great fact. Next time someone gives you hell because they say, oh, no, no, you can't have the dog in here because the feet are so dirty. No, no, no. Tell them, no, no. Take your shoes off. Your shoes are dirtier. This is also a great story. And again, for those of us that have uh, puppies and dogs and, and, we've, or, and we've seen them in, for years and years, we can understand this. Dogs' understanding of human gestures is basically, I feel it has a genetic component. How do they know this? Because they tested, first of all, I would have loved to be part of this test because when people point, and, and how dogs respond to someone pointing, that dogs follow and they will look where you're pointing. They studied, check this out, 375 eight-week-old Labrador and Golden Retriever puppies. Now, how much fun could these guys, these testers had that are doing the study, the researchers, that they get to play 375 cute, can you imagine how cute those dogs are? Eight-week-old Labs and eight-week-old Goldens. Um, anyway, and uh, so the reason why they can make this judgment is that there's no way that an eight-week-old dog has already learned from its mom or anything, because sometimes you're taken away around that time. So it's got to be a, an innate genetic characteristic that they can actually they can actually follow what we do and they respond to the human gestures. So I think that's pretty cool. And again, can we extrapolate and say all gestures? Probably not. But the fact that pointing one of them, so they do have that ability to see, watch our hands, what we're doing. And when we look over there, show them something, they actually will turn their heads and look. So I think that's great. So this was also really good. I like this too, because you know, and if you don't know, I'm going to tell you now that I am a chief veterinary officer of a telemedicine telehealth company for dogs. All right. And we're called AirVet and we are probably the largest platform in the nation. In fact, it's so cool. I love doing this, but if you go on to like uh, one of the research engines, like go into Apple store 
and you put in pet telemedicine because you are you know that there's probably some pet telemedicine out there. You're a millennial and you everything is you search on the internet and you just put in pet telemedicine. So AirVet comes in. We have over 5,000 five-star, well, it's always five-star. It's actually 4.9 something star reviews. And there's only one other competitor, one that broke a hundred. And that is, it's called, I think, PetPro. They have 265 or 270 reviews. There is not another company on the planet. And there are like 20 of them out there that even come close to reaching 100. So uh, no, we're doing great. Anyway, there are a lot of limitations we have in veteran telemedicine. And one of them is that we cannot prescribe if we, unless we have what's called the VCPR, veteran client patient relationship. We cannot treat, all right? We can suggest, we can educate. We can, I can tell a lot of uh, people that I take calls. I've taken almost 3,000 calls myself. And we can tell them like what I could do or what I, I had a case, you know, a week ago, very similar to yours, almost identical actually. And this is what I told that client to do. So that I can do, and they can extrapolate and do what they want, but I, I can only educate. But now the state of Florida, their Senate panel, they advanced a veterinary telemedicine bill. I love this. That can authorize its use before an in-person exam under certain circumstances. Now, still, we can't prescribe controlled substances, and I'm good with that. I, I don't think we should ever be able to uh, prescribe a controlled substance just on a telemedicine call. I know they do it in people. But a person can talk to you. They can answer questions. We can't, we know, we don't exactly what's going on. We all we know is what the owner, the pet parent is telling us about their pet. And we assume they know their pet pretty well, which is fine. But to take that jump of recommending something that's controlled, I would be uncomfortable myself. And I do a lot of telemedicine calls. However, things like an ophthalmic ointment or things like an antibiotic for what's clearly you see an infection. You can see it. We're all on video. I just disagree with so much. I think they're being overly protective. And I think that's really a difficult thing for many pet parents who want answers, want it now. And especially with the pandemic, they can't get answers because they can't see their vet. Their vets are backlogged by a month. So what are you going to do? You wait for a month before you can start treatment? That's absurd. Anyway, hats off to Florida. They get it. And um, if it's right, if it's logical, these veterinarians will be able to prescribe, make a little guess. And again, I tell clients all the time, I, obviously, I, without seeing it, touching it, I can't be sure, but this is what I think is going on. Let's try this. And if what we try is not dangerous, what's the problem? So anyway, I salute the state of Florida, and I know that we are going to get more and more states jumping on board because this pandemic has really changed the way we view our relationship with our pets and our pet parents. Now, this is also something I read. I, again, I'm not a millennial. I'm far, far from it. My, my kids are almost out of millennial stage. So to think that this is going on, it drives me nuts. All right. Videos of dogs reacting, okay, to eating spicy chicken. That's the new thing. And that's trending on social media. Who would do that? Are you, that's like these idiots that were getting their dogs high and filming them, watching them stagger, bump into things, fall over. This is fun. It, it just drives me nuts. Anyway. <laughs> there's no what about they talk about common sense common sense isn't really common because if there if it was more people would have it and that's what i think about this anyway it's very dangerous because uh, first of all with that all those spices it can cause problems in the mouth the esophagus stomach the intestines and also can lead to other things like ulcerations in the mouth or in the gi tract gastrointestinal tract cramping vomiting anemia because it went once if, if you get ulcerations then they start losing blood so if you are inclined to be stupid, 
and you want to do something really dumb, then this is what you're going to do. You're going to give your dog things they should not eat, things that are potentially dangerous, just so you can film it and get a couple of laughs. I don't think it's funny. Most people don't think it's funny. And for certainly the dog doesn't think it's funny. So for those of you who even thought about doing something so stupid, please think twice because it's darn dangerous for your dog. What would my show be in the morning without another story about COVID? So here we are, white-tailed deer. Now, they so can be infected with the SARS-CoV-2 virus, you know, the, the virus that uh, is the, the, the COVID-19. And they found it, it can be transmitted through fecal matter and nasal secretions. So that's the bad news. The good news is, is that, again, in deer, it causes no clinical disease. But it just teaches us that some species that we didn't think are affected, they still could be carriers. It's possible. And where are they? these species getting it from? They're getting it typically from their parents. Now, obviously, white-tailed deer, this was done in a lab because white, I don't think many people have white-tailed deer as pets. I certainly don't. Um, they're, they're kind of cool. They're really cute, little babies. But anyway, so you just know that more and more. And, and there was a story coming out of England where, well, we know that England already had a variant of COVID that is not our norm. And they've already had one dog and one cat in the US, both of whom belong to people that did have this variant. And they also had the variant. So fortunately, the current vaccine can protect against it. I guess the big fear is, are we going to get a variant or something out there that our current vaccines, and I've been vaccinated, will not protect against? So it's something to be careful about. And then before we go, um, well, we're going to go on break right now, but I want to, we're going to come back. And this is something, you know, it's great because a lot of times I think about what do I want to talk about? What subject do I want to cover with you? That's a little bit, you know, maybe off the beaten path. And I had an idea. And then interestingly, one of the stories in the news briefs actually was about this. So we are going to come back. We're going to talk about, you know, we know there's, which is a good thing. There is a shortage of adoptable dogs. A lot of the rescues are almost empty, which is fantastic. So happy that those of you got out there and adopted pets. But a lot of you are getting pets from online because you get everything else online. You get your clothes online. You could buy your groceries online. In fact, one of the big Ralphs in our area is closing down. I'm shocked. It's always busy when I'm there, but they don't think they're making enough money. And it's because people are you know, getting a lot of their stuff online now. Anyway, bottom line is people trying to get pets online. And it is potentially dangerous for the pets, of course, and a money loser for you. So when we come back, we're going to talk about it and what you can do to protect yourself. Don't go away. Pets are part of the family. Make sure you can always afford the quality health care they need with Easy Pet Check, a nationwide pet insurance alternative. With Easy Pet Check, you'll save up to 75% on all your pet's health care at any licensed veterinarian in the U.S. Easy Pet Check accepts all dogs and cats regardless of pre-existing conditions. Visit EasyPetCheck.com. That's the letters EZPetCheck.com. Taking care of your pet can be easy with Easy Pet Check. Hi, this is Deborah Lau, president of Carnivore Research International. Did you know that people have used Carnivore for their pets successfully for a wide range of immune challenges for many decades? Here are Carnivore clients sharing their pet's testimonial. Our little dog developed this lymph problem. We took him in for surgery last year. We noticed a lump on his chest that was a lymph node that was swelled up. So the doctor checked it out and had it analyzed and everything. And uh, at the chemotherapy lasted for six months. He started developing more uh, lymph nodes that were swelled up. So I thought I'd just try carnivore. We started that and uh, he really responded. The lymph nodes started to 
go down, swelling did. Then I took him into the vet to have him checked out, and there was no sign of any disease at all inside, in the internal organs at all. Call 866-836-8735. That's 866-836-8735. Or visit carnivore.com. That's C-A-R-N-I-V-O-R-A.com. Let's talk pets. Let's talk pets. On Pet Life Radio. Pet Life Radio. PetLifeRadio.com. And welcome back. You're here live with Dr. Jeff Werber, your host here on Pet Life Radio's Ask the Vets with Dr. Jeff. And uh, before break, um, we talked about these unscrupulous breeders. So what's happening is there are a lot of breeders out there selling. By the way, I've seen a lot of these dogs in my office. So I know. And and you, you get it from a place that you think is that's where the pets are coming from. And then, interestingly, as an example, so it's coming from somewhere in Southern California, right, where I am. And it just seems fishy because when the owner would ask the prospective buyer, the customer asked about some details, they weren't really sure. How do you be a breeder? And you're not sure. It doesn't make any sense. So then I, they show me, well, do you have any record? Can I see the vaccines? So they show me a record. And, and what do I see? All the little stickers, you know, when you come off the little vaccine vial are in Spanish. And it's coming from like Zoetis, Mexico. So I said, ah, these are Mexican dogs, puppy mill dogs that are coming over. And we see so many problems with these animals. And it's happening all over the U.S. too, by the way. So 13 dogs with Parvo over a 36-hour period reported by an emergency room doc. All right. And we know that when mom gets vaccines, well, has her vaccines, is well vaccinated during nursing in the first 24 to 36 hours, that protection called passive immunity is transmitted to the pups. All right. And those puppies should be good for at least eight, 10 to 12 weeks. So which is why the low end is eight, which is why we ideally like to start vaccinating at eight weeks. Now, just for a little education here, when you see these, when I see the paperwork and I see they were given vaccines, it's five and six weeks. I want to go nuts. I want to go absolutely crazy. Why? Because the, that young age, most dogs are not ready to mount immune responses. That's number one. Number two, when you give a vaccine, you're giving what's called an attenuated vaccine. Um, it's no longer infective necessarily for the dog, but it does mount the immune response. All right. for So, so they can go ahead and make immunity. Now, what happens when you give that vaccine, which is the enemy, it's the antigen to a dog who is not ready to make its own antibody, but has mom's passive immunity, like five or six weeks of age. Well, mom's immunity, it doesn't know the difference between the real thing and the vaccine antigen. So it attacks the vaccine antigen. So what does that do? First of all, it leaves the pup with no vaccine antigen. And secondly, it also leaves the pup with no more passive immunity because the, the immunity, the, the antibodies were used up to fight the fake um, injection, the fake antigen. Now you have a five or six week old puppy that's left unprotected. So uh, it, it's the dumbest thing in the world. And when we try to educate breeders, don't start vaccines that young. You can wait till eight weeks. Ideal schedule is eight, 12, and 16 weeks, four weeks apart, starting at eight, ending at 16. And that is the perfect schedule. So you don't want to give the shots too early or else you actually interfere with mom's passive immunity. Anyway, 
we're finding out that these pups, these unscrupulous breeders, they're coming out of who knows where. They probably never vaccinated at all, or mom wasn't vaccinated, so she was not able to pass any protection to her puppies. And basically, you're being duped. So it's insane. You need to be much more careful when you buy anything online, let alone a live puppy. So what can you do to protect yourself? First of all, when you are dealing with these breeders, breeders, and I use that term very loosely, you want to make sure that you get a list of other customers that have gotten dogs from that person. Now, again, they might be friends of, of the breeder, so you can't necessarily trust that, but at least it's something. Now, here's what I recommend. If they're a legitimate breeder, what do you think they're going to have? A good relationship with a veterinarian or a not good relationship with a veterinarian, right? That's rhetorical. They're going to have a relationship. If they're good, if they're legitimate, of course, they're going to have a relationship with a veterinarian. You want to talk to their veterinarian. You want to make sure that the mama dog has been seen recently and is up to date on vaccines. If they're willingly going to give you that information and you call the vet's office and confirm what you were told, then that's a good sign. But if they start hemming and hawing, no, you know, we're not going to bother. Or, or if you call and, and the veterinarian goes, who? Who? We don't, we, don't, we don't have a client on that. Then pass. Don't even give it a shot. You're going to waste your money. You're going to lose your money. Next, if you can, go visit the place, depending on how far it is. You know, back in the day with pet shops, I had actually a young, an older client that was, he and his wife were retired and they actually got in their Winnebago, whatever, and uh, their RV and they drove to Arkansas and they visited the breeder. And was it the most beautiful, pristine breeding operation in the world? No, but man, it was an older couple that took such good care of their dogs. They saw the mama dog, they saw the dad, and they ended up you know, getting a puppy from them. In fact, two years later, they got another one from them. So, so I'm not saying they're all bad. A lot, some of them really do care. But you just got to, you know, we're mad. So you want to make sure that they, you find out that their health and vaccine status from the other bed is good. Also, if they're legitimate, what legitimate business nowadays doesn't have a website? So check out the website. See, is, it, is, is there a legit website? Do you see pucks? Can you see the, the dog supposedly that's going to be, that was the mom? Do you see the puppies? And um, if they don't have a website, again, don't waste your money and get a guarantee. If they're not willing to give you a guarantee that you're, this puppy is free from disease and it's not going to get something like within in the first, you know, whatever, couple of weeks, then again, pass. Um, I can tell you how many people have, that I know personally have been burned by these places and some don't even send you the pup. You send the deposit. It seems reasonable. So, you know, you're going to get a pup for a couple of hundred, five, six, seven hundred dollars. You leave a two hundred dollar deposit and say goodbye. When you call the number two weeks later, it's gone. You go to the website, it's, it's down. So these are the things you have to be very, very, very careful about. Uh, do your homework, get legitimate readers, talk to people, check the website, get references, just like you would anything else that you're going to hire or bring a handyman into your house. You're not going to respond to some note left on your doorknob. You're going to check it out. So anyway, those are my few words of wisdom to protect yourself, to be careful, because I'm telling you, it's really hell when you get one of these sick, sick puppies, you start investing a lot of money, and then they die of parvo or distemper, and we are seeing more and more of it because of these unscrupulous breeders. Anyway, sorry to leave you on such a down note, but um, I just you know really want to protect you. What's worse than my down note is when it happens to you and then you're going to be really devastated. It's really sad. All right. Anyway, thanks for joining me here. I'm going to be gone the next two Sundays, but we will have a show for you because I have many shows in the can and um, we'll get you on. And, if, and again, if you have any specific questions about your pet or pets, please let me know. You can always get a hold of me at Dr. Jeff, Dr. Jeff at PetLifeRadio.com. And I will be happy to uh, talk to you or to your friends or just talk to everybody just to educate them about some issues that you're having with your pets 
because that's how we learn. The more information I can get out there, the better it is for everybody. So once again, thanks for joining me. Have a wonderful couple of weeks and uh, we will see you soon. Take care. Let's Talk Pets, every week on demand, only on PetLifeRadio.com.